Hey, my name is Paul Maxwell. I'm the content strategist at Tithely. Today, we're going to talk about three things that keep your church from changing and how to fix them. Welcome to Modern Church Leader. Welcome to Modern Church Leader, a short daily show to help you grow your church, be more effective and efficient and powerful for the kingdom of God. Stagnation is death. All right, that might be a little dramatic, okay, but there's nothing wrong with a good breathing season, right? Where it's not necessarily stagnation, but growth is certainly plateauing a little bit. And many churches aren't really catching their breath from growth. They're actually stuck in a rut. And the reason they're stuck in a rut, whether it has to do with growth, finances, or engagement, is the same reason anyone is ever stuck in a rut ever, right? Growth requires change. Change requires sacrifice. Sacrifice requires pain. So that's pretty clear, right? Growth requires change, which requires sacrifice, which requires pain. And most of us are conditioned to avoid pain. And many churches try initially to sort of hack their way to growth by bypassing one of these elements, or they try to jump right to, to the growth problem by throwing money at a problem, or they try to grow by changing something that doesn't require much sacrifice from the organization, or they try a sacrifice that isn't painful enough to make sense of the change in the first place, or it's too painful to make sense of the change they're trying to initiate. So whatever your reasons for hitting a plateau in your church's specific problem area, there are three primary domains in which these problems take root. They're often the most painful to change, but they're exactly what the churches need to change, right? The psychologist Carl Jung is famous for saying, the reason the gold is under the dragon is because the things we want to change most often hide in the places we least want to look. So these three domains that we're about to look at, they are indeed painful to change. But when it comes to stagnancy in your church, these are the three most common culprits. So when diagnosing or treating this cohort of sort of the usual suspects of church plateau, Churches usually want to pick the least painful path, which completely makes sense. There's no virtue in experiencing pain just for the sake of experiencing pain, right? But there's wisdom in this because churches that change too painfully and too rapidly can easily push themselves into a state of imbalance that causes the church to shut its doors, right? Meddling in these domains requires temperance, patience, wisdom, decisiveness, all of these gifts, right? So let's dig into these problems by dropping our egos, committing to objectivity, and opening our eyes to the real costs and benefits of pursuing the kind of church change that brings a fresh and powerful wind to your church's growth momentum. Okay, so let's get into this. So number one, common culprit for the reason that your church isn't growing is that your church has either a bad reputation in your community or no reputation, right? A church with no reputation in the community, or, or, or worse, a bad reputation, is in a situation where their social liabilities have become genuine threats to their existence, right? But the reputational variable is the most common variable to be blamed on other things, right? Oh, those people, marketing, the programs, our outreach efforts, the leadership's bad, right? The, the fact is that word of mouth remains the most powerful element in marketing. So if people aren't talking about you, you're not even going to see a trickle of new people walk through your door. More than that, your, your members want to be part of a church that is known and known well in your community because they're community members. So... You may, you may have had a bad church split, right? A bad experience with a ministry partnership or managed a semi-toxic or inherited a semi-toxic church culture, all of which could be a source of your non-existent or poor reputation. So some of these are easier to fix than others, right? A church split, who you know, does damage because the people who leave may spread poor opinions about your church to their friends. It could signal other issues. But a poor experience partnering with a, a town hall or a local charity will require a one-on-one -on -one peacemaking effort by the senior pastor. It's, it's more difficult, but, but only as impossible or only as difficult as your ego makes it. 
A uh, second problem that often gets in the way of church growth is a poor fundraising strategy. So finances are another major reason that your church may be struggling to change, may be struggling to grow, may have hit a growth plateau. Money makes opportunities for growth possible. But many churches don't really have a sufficient fundraising strategy to give them access to the kind of capital that they need to catalyze the change that they want to see in their church. So there are a few ways to get access to money uh, as a church, right? A loan is not really recommended for like a first resort for churches in need uh, of change in order to grow. A better way is to leverage the financial asset, the financial assets rather, that you already have at your disposal, right? And you might think, I, I, I don't have any financial assets. That's the problem. But... You do, right? They're called your members. <laughs> They're called churchgoers. They're called prospective visitors. These are people that God has called to give to the church because they're part of the church, right? Some of them are wealthy. Some of them are not. Your fundraising strategy can be tailored to the demography of your church. The average church budget for a church of 300, uh, 300 attendees is half a million dollars, okay, five hundred thousand dollars annually. If your church, it, rather, if your church has a hundred members, each one tithing at ten percent, that's approximately a million dollar annual budget, right? This is what businesses call going back to the base, right? Your your problem isn't that you don't have enough people giving, but that you haven't disciplined your people about giving enough to show them the spiritual benefit of tithing, right? They want to see, they want to hear what it means that it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? Take them through a sermon series on giving and tithing. Show them the commands and promises of God as they relate to giving, generosity, and tithing in order to catalyze an increase in giving. In the real world, we recognize that no church has 100% of its members tithing at 10%. But you should use that number as a financial goal for your church, right? If 100 members translates in, uh, approximately into a million dollars, make that your annual fundraising goal. And you should explain why that is a fundraising goal to your church so that they understand the biblical rationale and the pragmatic reasoning behind your vision, right? So how do you close the gap between your ideal financial goal and the real world where not everybody will tithe, right? The answer is simple. Devote special fundraising efforts to partnering with wealthy donors in your church. So uh, pro tip on this, right? We, we actually have a fantastic video here right on Modern Church Leader by our chief operating officer at Tithely, Frank Berry, explaining sort of concrete strategies to build fundraising relationships with wealthy donors in your church. So just go to Modern Church Leader and it'll be right there at the top of one of those playlists. I highly commend that video to you if you're interested more in learning how to actually do that tactfully and successfully. So the third element that could be getting in the way of your church growth, is the toxic church culture, right? So a toxic or a semi-toxic culture is the hardest to fix because in one sense, the bad reputation is earned. And in this case, you have in-house work to do to create a healthy church culture before you start bringing people in your doors. Once you've established that healthy church culture, there are many ways to restore your reputation, okay? There are many sort of common sense ways of fixing that latter problem, right? So you get out there and, and, and meet people at Starbucks. Better than that, become a regular at your local Starbucks, right? Serve in the local homeless ministry in your area or, or host that homeless ministry in your facilities. Host uh, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous meetings in your church. Network, network with other pastors in your area to support them. Make yourself known as a generous, a generous quantity in your community. Earn the trust and support of your community by trusting them and supporting them. 
More than that, as your church grows, if you have a, a healthy culture to offer, new people will only make it healthier if you have a membership onboarding process that helps people understand the mission, the vision, the communal best practices of your church, right? If you're discipling new, uh, newcomers, and then those new newcomers will, will want to further contribute to the healthfulness of your church, right? Getting new blood in your church both sparks a new word of mouth, marketing effort, and it also functions to further solidify the healthful culture you're rebuilding in the wake of toxicity or semi-toxicity. So the church is simply, well, the church is just the people that compose your church, right? I mean, if you add people, you fundamentally change the constitution of a church. That's how, that's how it's meant to work. That's how God designed it to work. So we're called to embrace the change catalyzed by conversion in our context, right? We're meant to invite and welcome the social problems prompted by population prosperity. So if your church needs to change in order to grow, remember, growth requires change, which requires sacrifice, which requires pain. But not all pain produces growth. That's why it's critical for you to focus on strategic domains of failure that are most highly correlated with plateau and which supply the greatest opportunity for the kind of change that catalyzes growth. So remember, here they are. Uh, number one, a bad or no communal reputation. Number two, a poor fundraising strategy. And number three, a toxic church culture. If you address these domains within your church and are able to identify which of them is most problematic for you, and it, it, it may be all three in varying degrees, and you apply a strategic mindset to resolving those things in, a, uh, in the long term, you will create a lasting legacy of church growth that's not just blips on the radar, but is a regular, quantifiable, measurable increase in your membership base, which correlates with an increase in your giving base, which gives you more resources, which solves some of your problems already. So apply your strategic mindset to resolving problems that you have within these three domains, and you will see church growth begin to catalyze if indeed your plateau is caused by one of these three things. Thanks for listening. Please review Modern Church Leader on Apple Podcasts and visit our website for more resources at tithe.ly or follow the links in the show notes.